everybody on this edition of guys talking sports we're going to get into the urban meyer ohio state drama that's occurring right now and we get to talk about lebron james and his new public school that he's opening up in akron ohio this week of guys talking sports Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. I'm here with my boys, Al, aka Q, and uh, Ace, aka Big Sexy. How you fellas doing tonight? Living good, man. Living the dream. Yeah, man. Just with technical difficulties, I'm just just happy to be here. So let's get started. <laughs> so we want to hop right into it. I know there's been a lot, a lot of things going on just recently. Of course, breaking off the press was the. Uh, um, situation out of Ohio State with Urban Meyer being put on academic leave in regards to an investigation of um, domestic violence uh, with one of his um, assistant coaches and whether he knew or not. And then, um, of course, LeBron James opened up his um, I Promise School out in Akron, Ohio, all public school, of course. So let's just get right into it. So, guys, since uh, uh, let's, what are your thoughts about Urban Meyer and what's going on with Ohio State? Man, that's going to be interesting. Ohio State shown that uh, they get into a little bit of hot water. They are not afraid to uh, pull the plug on a, on a coach, a.k.a. Jim Trestle. And um, your boy, uh, I can't even think of his name. He's a wide receiver now, but, you know, uh, Terrell Pryor with the uh, tattoos. And they were uh, selling, you know, getting tattoos in, in exchange for memorabilia. So if you think Jim Tressel got fired over something as minimal as that, oh my goodness, Urban Meyer, boy, I don't know. That's a uh, that's a that's a crazy situation. Just because I don't know, with today's society, if everything wasn't so so judged, so you know, with a very fine comb. You might be able to get away with he says, she says type of thing, saying, well, the wife, the ex-wife of the abuser said that she talked to the wife of Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer be like, look, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, with everything the way it is in today's society, I don't know if you can get away with, uh, with that type of response and not get some sort of backlash from some sort of segment of a group that may have an issue with the situation. So, uh I'd be very hard-pressed to think that Ohio State may ultimately suspend. I don't know if they'll fire him, but I think they may suspend him for so many games, maybe for the season, without pay, and to show, to show some sort of a some sort of uh, smackdown on on the coach to say, okay, you know, this is wrong. You shouldn't have withheld this. You should have took action sooner. But they, I don't think they want to get rid of Urban Meyer. I think Jim Tressel was that situation where he won a national championship, but he just wasn't uh, a top-of-the-line coach where Urban Meyer has just been killing the Big Ten ever since he's got in. So I think even though they may levy some sort of punishment against him, it won't be nowhere near as harsh as a fire. Well, I don't know. Um, I... To be honest, I really don't know what's going to happen as far as that is concerned because right now it just seems as though that everything is just 
out in the open, so to speak, with so much that's going on, like you, I, I'd be amazed if they do keep them, but I wouldn't be shocked even if, if they let them go as well. I think it's sort of a middle ground, but it's definitely something that is going on there. And um, I think that more people are starting to look for him to be removed. Now, that's going to be a lot of pressure on Ohio State, whether or not they're going to do that or not. So it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do going forward. But I, I, I just don't see them. I, I kind of agree with you, Ace. I, I just don't see them um, doing it as of yet. But I wouldn't be shocked if they do do it as well. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, it's you know the situation is still pretty fluid at this particular point, so you know it's still kind of unknowns. I mean, apparently from uh, what the wife of the coach is claiming that she said that um, apparently all the coach's wives knew about this situation, um, and she said that even Urban Meyer's wife knew. Now, ye- is it plausible that she didn't say anything to him? It's plausible. Um, it's very plausible. He might not have been in knowledge. Is it plausible that all the wives didn't tell all the coaches about this? I, that one is a little bit hard to, to believe. Someone pillow talks, you know, about that to somebody. Um, but um, it's, it's a fluid situation. I mean, Urban Meyer saying he didn't know. His wife knew. It's almost like the whole thing within the Philadelphia 76ers and Brian Colangelo with the fictitious Twitter accounts and comes out, it was, it was his wife and he tried to throw his wife under the bus or she tried to take fall on the sword for him. They're saying that I did it. It was me. And at the end of the day, he got let go. So uh, do I think this is the same situation as Jim Trestle? No, I think the whole thing with Jim Trestle, it was like a culmination of stuff that happened. It wasn't just one incident. It was like a, uh, a myriad of things and also when you start getting into players getting some inappropriate handling and then other things i think it was just one too many things that ohio state had to part ways this one is going to be very interesting because in this day and age with the you know everything with the me too movement and domestic violence you know and especially how things went down over in michigan state with the guy over there you know College sports in a whole is on very, very thin ice. And right about now, this one here, it depends on how this goes. Now, I, I feel you. I feel you. And, and for all our listeners out there, don't, don't take this the wrong way when I say this because I'm not advocating any individual to not speak up if they know of something that might be going on outside of your own relationship, whether it be girlfriend, husband, wife, life partner, whoever. Um, but, you know, sometimes in these types of situations, I, it wouldn't shock me if, like you said, Earl, if it was done in pillow talk, whereas wife, Urban Wise wife, you know, they're related to, you know, ex-coach is doing stuff to the wife and showed him some pictures. And Urban was like, yeah, I, I kind of know about this. And kind of like probably pulled dude to the side. It was like, look, you need to cut this out. You know, you're here at Ohio State. This is blah, blah, blah. And hopefully, you know, hoping that that conversation probably would have just deaded the situation. But, you know, once you're an abuser, regardless, because the wife, the ex-wife was on um, on an interview saying that she texts her parents. She texts the dude's parents. And everybody was like, this chill out, you know, because 
he's the coach at Ohio State. You don't want to screw things up and get things messed up. So it's almost like uh, it's almost it's almost kind of sad because it's more like a prestige thing because you know you're at this prestigious university with the Big Ten, you know, with big time college football and everything that it generates. It's almost kind of sad that they were they were actually trying to protect the university more so than trying to protect. In this case, sometimes even their own the parents' own daughter, <laughs> which is sad because. You know, if I were to have a child and my daughter came to me and said X, Y, Z is beating on me, I, regardless of my job, somebody's ass is getting whooped because <laughs> my daughter's not going to come to me and say some crap and I'm not going to do nothing about it. So it's it's crazy how people see this type of situation. And I understand he's making six figures that, you know, you're not trying to discredit the program, but, you know, we're still individuals and human beings besides our jobs. So it's crazy how something like this, from a family's wise, she's reaching out to everybody and nobody's doing nothing. That's that's the sad part of the situation, and that's why I think, you know, twenty years ago, you could probably see this and turn a blind eye, and nobody would say nothing, because you know you're you're trained or you're taught to keep your nose out of other people's business, and let people deal with their own situations on their own. But, you know, everything is under such a microscope nowadays. It's like you can't even – you can't escape that, And I guess, in that particular situation. And I think that's what he tried to do. I think he tried to, like, this ain't – I ain't beating you, honey. Um, I understand he might be whooping her ass, but um, I'm not sticking my nose in these people's business. He ain't bringing this type of violent behavior to work. So how can I reprimand him for doing something bad when he's doing something on his own time? Like, you got alcoholics that go to work every day. You can't fire somebody for being an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not the same type of analogy. But, you know, and again, I'm not condoning violence to anybody significant other. I'm just saying. Let me just preface that again. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I get what you're saying. Um, It's basically like if, you know, if it ain't involved in the workplace, why would I – Put in, voice my input into it, but I I still say that you know if you see something like this is or if you know something about like this about violence, you know you do have to speak out. It's almost kim- similar to saying you know you hear certain things that go on, but you don't speak up. If you if it's, it's equivalent to you being there, so to speak, um, and not speaking up and seeing all this go down, and unfortunately in a world where this is you know, like you said, it's not like it used to be. Um, now so many people are speaking up against it. So I can, that's one of the reasons why I can actually see something go down and would not be surprised if, you know, they do let go of Meyer because of that, not doing anything. Or they would probably, if not, if they don't let him go, they probably see him in a different light. That's really the bottom line. I think they'll, you know, people will pay attention to him and say at the end of the day, hey, look, you know, I think a little bit less of you for not speaking up to begin with. Um, I think that would probably, I see that more than anything at this point, Um, but it's still up to Ohio state, whether or not they're going to actually do something in regards for Meyer's sake, Um, not the person, you know, the person already is at a, at this particular point where there's no turning back from. So it'll be interesting to see what Ohio state do as far as Meyer is concerned. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the report is that apparently his wife, there was, um, I guess, 
reports of two incidents, one in 2009. I'm not sure if he was in Florida back then yet or not. Mm -hmm. And then back in 2014 or 2015, two incidents which, which the lady said that she told her wife's wife and that she knew of both incidences. But, you know, the lady said his wife never confirmed whether she told Urban Meyer or not. Oh, of course. Of course. So, <laughs> so, so I, you know, I guess you have to be curious to see how this all plays out. I mean, there's a question of, there's going to be always a question of who knew what. And, mm -hmm. and um, if you knew something, you know, why didn't you do something about it? Even in your case scenario, Ace, where he could have, you know, let's say in 2009, hypothetically speaking, you know, she mentions it, he goes to him and says, hey, you know, I can't have this, you know, you need to, you need to work it out with your wife, do whatever, see counseling. And if this incident happens again, and then he kind of knew and he didn't do something, then yes, and automatically then, you know, then something's probably going to happen. And now I, this is tricky. It's, it's not a good look. And right now college football is about to start up, you know, he's on leave. So now, you know, the game must go on, you know, the dollars must flow. And, and at the end of the day, it's always about the dollars. Of course. And Ohio State, not Ohio State, Ohio State boosters <laughs> do not want the bad press. And if the boosters and all the people supporting money to Ohio State feel like, it's, you know, this is getting too much out of hand, they're going to tell the university to let Urban Meyer go. And guess what? Meyer is going to go. Even if he necessarily mm. hypothetically may not have known something, but the bad press is, is going to might be too much and it's going to overshadow the game. And nothing can at the end of the day for, for their perspective overshadow the game. But if he knew and didn't say anything, then yes, he's culpable. But how Perception is, is that the same way? Well, I guess this is interesting. Same way the Giants knew about their punter doing all this stuff and nobody did nothing, but they judged him real quick to save face, but they all knew. But they're the owners of the team, so you can't kick out. Well, you can, but in that case, no one really is going to kick them out. But in this one, it's he could get let go or he could get suspended for the whole season. I mean, just knowing and not doing anything in this climate right now you know, is, is guilt by association. Well, he's going to claim that when he did find out, because of, of course, like you said, the wife is going to fall on the sword like Colangelo and say that she mis misremembers ever saying <laughs> that she told Urban about the situation. And if that is the case, it's strictly hearsay. I mean, because the text is just a text. Yes, you could say that they, they talked about the text. And Somebody could sit there and say, well, talk to Urban's wife, well, don't you think this is kind of disturbing? Why wouldn't you want to? And then she could come out and easily say, well, you know, around that time he was planning for X, Y, Z for X, Y, Z. And I didn't want to disturb him with this particular scenario, knowing that he had a big game coming up that following week. You, and then how, how can you sit there and say, we're going to fire you because we believe your wife told you, but you don't want to admit that your wife told you? then Ohio State's going to be on the hook for X amount of dollars. <laughs> Ohio, Ohio State is in a very tough position. 
<laughs> hey, look, the, the Philadelphia 76ers was in the same exact scenario that you just explained. And guess mm. where Brian Colangelo is? Unemployment <laughs> line. Bad press and the perception. And if it gets too hot for them, they're going to the, – the, the cleanest way of getting this off the front page would be to cut ties to Urban Meyer. They'll take the hit this year, but – and I think that that's what's going to end up happening because I think that, you know, they're going to follow what the 76 has done and they're going to say, Hey, look, I, I, we see how they got under this, out of this Brian Calangelo's incident. Cause that jump was going on for a while, which still was like, why take so long? Um, so I think that if in Ohio state's best interest, I think it would probably be time for them to move on because once they start losing the boosters, like you said before, once they start losing the boosters or once the boosters start getting into the middle of this, that's when they're going to be like, okay, well, I made my de- we made our decision. It's time to cut ties and just start from scratch. Yeah, but – I mean, I feel you. So say Ohio State cuts ties with Urban Meyer early before the season starts. How many other college teams out there are going to be salivating at the mouth to get Urban Meyer on their squad? Not immediately, so, but they'll, they'll, they will, but they won't he, – he would not get touched this year. Take a year off. I, I beg to differ because think about uh, Bobby Petrino. Look what happened to him when he got caught cheating with the girl when he got in that motorcycle accident. He might have gotten fired from that particular job at Arkansas, but that dude was picked up the following season by Central Michigan. Man – College football was, don't care. But it was one season, though. No, he was fired midseason. And at the end of that season, he got picked up. All right, so six Central months. Michigan. Yeah, right. <laughs> a couple right. months to do it. So, regardless, this man was out there having committing adultery. <laughs> and he was doing this against his own wife as the head coach. Now you're saying Urban Meyer, who has no real involvement with what's going on in somebody else's, somebody else's relationship or marriage, but yet, well, I'm not saying it's not possible. But I'm That's just a, saying that Urban Meyer will get picked up in a heartbeat just because they just know that you can't bring that coach with you. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I will agree with you on that. I will agree with you on that. If he does get let go, somebody's going to pick him up this season. That's just yeah. – I'll give you that. It's probably a game or two in they'll – They'll say, hey, look, we're going to hire this guy in. We're bringing him in. And, and you know the first person that's going to pick him up? It's going to be uh, Belichick from New England. It's going to put him on in some consulting role in the NFL. He's going to, he's going to Belichick did that with, uh, with, um, Shiano. Yeah. But I, what I'm saying is, is that, you, like you said, I think a school is going to pick him up before he gets to that point. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, no school is going to, if he gets fired before the season started, no school is going to take, you know, take a flyer on because okay. the season is done. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying right. that. He will get a job, but if it gets to the point where it gets really bad press and Ohio State has to has to make the decision to cut ties, the season, the, the season he's going to sit out. Yeah. Next season, all bets are off. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Somebody pick him up a, a television network, another school, a, a professional football organization. Somebody will pick him up, put him on payroll, and another school will pick his, pick his butt up, and he'll be back to doing whatever he's doing. Oh, and, and like 
like I said, my opinion, it all depends on how this all plays out. <laughs> got two separate incidents where his wife knew he didn't know anything. So somebody's going to be looking at that like, all right, you know, she didn't say mention nothing to you. He's and, he's already playing. He's already come out saying I don't know nothing. So he got to he got to stick with that. He can't sit back and, and backtrack and be like, well, I, you know, I remember that time we were sipping wine and she was whatever. And then, oh yeah, <laughs> no, can't say that. He's like, oh, 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 oh. What, what were you saying, honey? <laughs> uh, that is once, possible. <laughs> once you come right out, you know, saying I knew nothing, right. You gotta stick to the plan. You gotta, you gotta ride and die with it. Don't get drunk. That's for sure. <laughs> oh man, this Ohio State thing. But you know he's on paid leave, so he's still collecting the check. He's still gonna call the coach and say, "Yeah, all right, do this during practice. I ain't gonna be there." Blah blah blah. They can say he can't have no contact with the team. Look, you, you trying to tell me students and players ain't gonna go to his house? <laughs> Come on now. They just doing that to save face, just to say, "Okay, we're trying to get ahead of this," but. He's still gonna run shop. I love college football. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk college football all day. <laughs> yeah, we'll have time for that in a few weeks. <laughs> but switching gears real quick here, fellas. Um, I want to talk to um, something that is um, rather you know interesting and a good story. Um, LeBron James opened up his um, opened up his school out in Akron, Ohio in his um, hometown, is um, I Promise School, and um, it's a public school, not a charter school, and some of the things for a school is going to be free tuition, free uniforms, a free bicycle and helmet, because he said that he can ride a bicycle to school, and free transportation for anyone within two miles, um, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks for the, for the um, kids, um, food pantry for families, uh, GED and job placement for um, parents, and um, guaranteed tuition to the University of Akron for every student who graduates. And right now, I believe it's um, only third or fourth graders with a, I think about two, about 200 plus kids. Um, the school year is going to run from July to May because he wants to ensure that the kids have something to do throughout the year and not get into any kind of trouble. And this is something that he's partnered up with his foundation and, you know, the Akron local school system. So, um, he showed off the school, brought in the kids. I mean, it's a, a very fabulous setup from the picture that I've seen. Um, so I just want to get your guys um, takes on um, um, takes on this, and what do you think this is going to do for LeBron James' legacy moving forward? Um, I think LeBron's legacy has been set long before the school came out. I mean. Yeah, he was trying to chase the rings, but sometimes, you know, it's not meant for you to get all those rings, but he's done everything possible that an NBA player could possibly do outside of winning NCAA championship. He's won at the high school level. He's won on the Olympic level. He's won on the NBA level. I think the school is a phenomenal thing. Uh, the only thing I'm, I'm unsure of, because I didn't really do too much research behind it, is it a is it uh, it's just strictly a elementary school or is it uh is it K through twelve or uh, right now it's just only for third and fourth graders who plan third and fourth graders to, um I think second and fifth grade next year 
Um, and then I think by like 2020 or 2022, they want to have um, go up, I think, to you know, eight grades. So it's like a slow building process. Mm. And it's only for those troubled youths in, uh, in Akron? Well, I guess at, at, at risk. risk. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> this may sound kind of crazy, but being that it's probably one of the better schools in Akron just because it's LeBron and I'm sure he's put all the, the bells and whistles and everything to make it really spectacular. Um, I wonder if it's going to get to a, to a point where it might be where kids, um, that's what I'm trying to, not, not apply to get in, but make it so that, you know, it's, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? <sighs> I can't think of it. Well, while I'm trying to think of that word, or make it so that these kids might try to regress so they can try to get to that school, <laughs> so they could just be the bigger, the better school. Um, but what is that? Uh, 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 petition? Not petition. Um, I can't think of the word. It really escapes me. But it's just a scenario where the kids are not applying. It's more like, oh, freak. Al, go ahead. It'll come to me. I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, I will say this. Um, never been a LeBron James fan um, from a player perspective um, for a couple of different reasons. Did respect him when he did win the championship in Cleveland. I give him props for that. He did what he set out to do. Um, while I may not like him as an NBA player per se, and it's not because of the skill set, it's just because – to be honest, I, that he, you know, I'm not really a fan of him, but I will say, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's that's part of it, but um, I will say this: from outside of the NBA, I think this is probably one of the most things that he, he's ever done that earned my not not that he's looking for my respect, but I have to give him kudos for. And it made me a big fan as in LeBron James, the the person, more so than the player. Um, for him to do something out of this element where really no NBA player has really done um, in, I should say, in the United States, I should say in the U.S., um, for him to do this for the children, for the, you know, for the kids in Akron, I think it's, it's very commendable. And I think that he deserves a, a round of applause because while everybody else is thinking about other things, he's focusing on the kids. And I think that's something that, to be honest, I wish more NBA players would do uh, because if they were to put the effort in and do the same thing, I think that the kids would benefit from that. So um, I would say kudos to him for doing this. Um, I think that if it grows, and like it says, like how it's supposed to look going in 2020 um, and how everything is, and if it works out this way, I think I see a lot of people, other people doing the same thing as well. So it only helps the kids, you know. I'm I'm here for the kids. So, you know, I think that that alone should be commendable. Yeah, I um you know, I have to tip my uh definitely have to tip my hat off to him. Um and and a correction now, he's he's not the first that's actually opened or, you know, did a school, I believe Jalen Rose. Ah, um, you're right. Absolutely did a, right. Did um a school or a leadership academy. Absolutely um, right. My fault. In, in Detroit? Yes. And I so. and I just read uh um the hell is his name? Jesus, I'm really I'm drawing blanks. 
Um, ex-Chicago Bulls point guard, now washed up playing for Minnesota. Um, Derek Rose. Yes. Derek he just set up a $400,000 scholarship fund for kids in Chicago to make sure that uh, those kids get college funding as well. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah, so, I mean, the, what LeBron – I mean, the concept of LeBron James doing is open up a school is not something that hasn't been done before. I mean, but I guess to what he's trying to do is, you know, right now it's going to be for elementary school kids and, you know, and very inclusive with the parents and get the parents involved as well. So I think the way he's approaching it as a public school, non-charter, non-academy, you know, I guess it's a different – a different flavor to it. So it was nothing new, but it's definitely something different. But he just gets all the pomp and circumstances because he's LeBron James. But I have to tip my cap. I mean, you know, he's putting his money, or well, he he and other investors and the uh, um, public school system are putting the money in to um, start this school with the anticipation that something like this can kind of grow into something else. So, um, you know, I take my hat up to anyone that goes back into the community and gives back, especially if you're going to be opening up a school um, in your area, um, a, a better facility than some other public schools, you know, whatnot. And, you know, I guess for me, I guess, you know, it's good, it's nice. And, you know, I, like I said, tip my hat, you know, but I'm, I want to wait and see. I want to see how this all plays out. The proof is going to be in the pudding because, I mean, as much as school looks great, you know, I'm going to be more concerned about, um, you know, what are they teaching? What's the curriculum? What kind of resources are they going to have? Um, what are they going to be, you know, what are they going to teach these kids? And, you know, what do they do once they move on? So, I mean, you know, I guess, you know, I have a, I guess, an educator on here and I would have been interested to hear Al, our lion brother, Joel, what would, what would he consider as success for the school based from an educational standpoint? But, um, to me, I think that's what I'm going to be more curious to see. I mean, it looks like a nice school, everything there, but what kind of curriculum and accesses to resources they're going to have? I mean, because we came from Plainfield High School and, you know, it wasn't a inner city. It's like it's a suburban area, but going to Rutgers and going to some, you know, my roommate who was white at the time, you can, he was from a, a more all Caucasian, all white town. The stuff that we knew or we would learn in high school was, was a little bit different. I mean, we both started off at the starting line going to college, but it was like he had like a 10-second <laughs> head start yeah. when, the, you know, when the rifle went off. I mean, things that he knew or he was being taught in school or talk and stuff that we didn't even get taught, in, you know, at for high school. So. <laughs> I talk about I mean, that all the time. <laughs> let's call it – I mean, let's call it spade a spade. I mean – so, um, like I said, it was like we both started, you know, we both started at the starting line. Well, like I said, he had a 10-second head start, you know, and then, you know, then all the rest of us ran. So, that's what I'm going to be more focused on and want to, you know, look into is it still looks nice, but what kind of resources and good teachers and what are you, you know, teaching the kids? That's what I'm going to be more focused on. But again, like I said, I have not really uh... – did too much back, uh, too much research on it. But did you say it was in conjunction with uh, Akron Public Schools? Yeah, because it's a, it's, it's a, it is a public school, so they worked in conjunction with the school system, his foundation, and another um, group to kind of, you know, build a school and set everything up. Well, in that case, then I would have to say it's probably on the same level 
as any other elementary school. Elementary, I guess if it gets up to middle school, probably on that same level. As far as resources go, as far as technology, it might be a little bit more far ahead technology-wise because it's newer. And LeBron probably in his foundation probably pumped some things into it that's probably a little bit more techn- technologically advanced than, say, some of the older schools that are in Akron. So it might be a scenario where the other elementary schools in Akron have to catch up with the school that LeBron built in order to uh, in order to stay on the same level. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And if anything, it should be. I'm just like you said. It's even though it's newer, I'm more curious to see how that would also affect the other schools around as well. Um, does that do anything? Whether it hinders, you know, are they taking some of the school the kids out of the best kids out of the, some of the other public schools and putting them together into this school, or how would they, you know, how would they actually decide who's going to be a part of the school and who can and cannot be a part? Um, because it's going to be limited um, to a certain amount of people. So the question comes now is that what kind of students is going to be there? And that's, and that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like, I know he said at-risk students, but then it seems to me that Akron probably has a good bit of at-risk students. So then who would be the eligible students to go? And yeah. then if this school is so much more technology, you know, technologically advanced than maybe some other elementary schools. What's to say that some kid and their parents probably jealous of these kids and say, well, why don't you go ahead and take a little bit, get in a little bit of trouble so you can get your hands over in the school. Well, well, let, me, well let me clarify. When I meant at risk, they were targeting students who are at risk in reading and people who identify as needing additional academic intervention before they fell behind. And I guess there was a... Um, there was a certain set of criteria, and he sent out sent out, and people filled out the form for it, and they just randomly picked the students, you know, from this pool of candidates that they mm-hmm. that they had, and so that's how they got the um, the third and fourth graders right now. So they just picked from a pool of people who put their names, you know, put their names, and that met that academic at risk criteria. So it was an application. So it was. A process that you had to go through to get selected. Yeah, from the more I'm reading and hearing about this year, they had a process, mm-hmm. and then people applied, and then from a group of, they just picked out from that group. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, well, it's still phenomenal. Still, still a great job by LeBron and his team, and his foundation to go ahead and get this thing off the ground, and maybe like. Both said that it may, may, he may want to turn around and do that. And one in Miami, one out in LA, because places he stopped, and maybe other players, or uh, regardless of sport, might try to take the same aspect and try to do the same thing. I think that would be great. Yeah, I guess it's the proof of concept. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to ultimately be about who's actually running the school and. Now learning is being approached is going to ultimately let everyone know because this is really a proof of concept that they're doing right now. And if, it, if it's successful, then yes, I definitely see that they want to expand beyond third or fourth graders to, you know, mm-hmm. more, you know, more classes. And then I could definitely see something like this, depending on how it's all constructed, 
expanding maybe to different schools within Akron or within, you know, that Ohio, Ohio area. Right. Right. I can see that. Now for his legacy concern, because I heard a lot of people saying, well, this is make them the GOAT over Jordan. I'm like, you have to take this separation away from basketball because to me, like you said, Ace, his, his legacy, I think, is already cemented in basketball, per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether he goes to Lakers and win a championship there, I think it's going to be irrelevant at this time because he's won so others. I mean, they're going to expect him to win something there. But, you know, I think as far as the school goes, I think he's putting his legacy out there with some of maybe more of the great um, black athletes of our time, not just basketball, but putting him in an era of like a, a Muhammad Ali or a Jim Brown or a Bill Russell, I think this kind of starts to elevate him in that status. That's why I think his legacy, you know, if the school does, you know, does well, I think that's where that's going to start to put him outside of basketball, but into that realm. Yeah, because now he's starting to become a, a lot more vocal on the political side and a lot of different socioeconomic type of situations. So, um, he's really starting to morph himself or separate himself from the aspect of sport. Now, I think the aspect of sport now is to the point where it's just something that he's doing more so now he's trying to transition himself into what he's going to become. And this is a very good start uh, for what he's done uh, so far. And I can, I can see him doing a lot bigger a lot bigger projects, you know, like Magic Johnson, he expanded his wealth because he decided he wanted to buy the Starbucks and a lot of different things, movie theaters, etc., which is all great. But if LeBron is really trying to go down the educational standpoint, the educational side of things, I mean, he may not make money off of that, but this is the, the, the endorsements and everything else that kind of comes through. Uh, he'll be making money hand over fist. <laughs> yeah, but that's one of the reasons why um, he's in LA, LA now to learn from Magic in regards to that business side of things. I think that's more important to him now. So when you see this as an opportunity as far as the school, that may be just one project of the many projects that he's going to be trying to work on going forward. So, and who else better than to learn from Magic Johnson, who's done nothing but business after business outside of the NBA. So I think this is one of the reasons why he wanted to get under uh, Magic Johnson's uh, wing, so to speak, to um, learn from him from a business aspect, not just in the NBA. I agree. You know, I, I, I read something where Shaq has his has a real knack for business as well like i think he owns more than 10 10 or 20 percent of all of the five guys in the country along with a lot of other different businesses and other projects that he has going on just thought i'd throw that out there it's something well (laughs) well still i mean to be honest because lebron um james is part owner of blaze pizza so and that's like jumping off in different locations now galore. So, you know, it's not like he hasn't already been in businesses, you know, mm-hmm. started business right now. He's just expanding at this point. Right. Yeah, and I agree. And I mean, I know people have been kind of throwing a lot of shade at Charles Barkley about the comments that he said, but in my opinion, he wasn't saying nothing that, that's not right. I mean, people don't mm-hmm. want to hear. So what, what did he say? 
Charles Barkley said that the only reason that he went to that he chose the Lakers was to go out to LA and become a business mogul, and that he's he's on a he's on the downside of his career, and that he's not that focused on winning, but more focused on you know business. Which, from a certain perspective, I believe that's the case. I mean, he could go anywhere else. He could have stayed in you know, Cleveland, but he wasn't going to do that. But he went to LA. Even though they don't have the team that's going to contend for a championship this year, but I mean, there's a lot of business opportunities out there. He has his production company. He's out there meeting with people, like you said, the Magic Connection, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he's going on year 16. He only signed a, a four-year deal with the Lakers. I mean, do I think do I think it's going to be his last contract? Quite possible. No, nope. especially. It's quite. I said quite possible. If Navy wins one with the Lakers, I think that would be a much more of an indication that he may it may be his last contract. That maybe he might do a one year here and a one year there. But I think as far as multi year contracts, I think this is gonna probably be it. Oh, uh, you were you were out on assignment when I called the uh uh he plans wherever his son ends up playing ball in the league, he's gonna sign a contract with that team to play with his son. Does he really want to? You really want to be in the league that long? <laughs> he'll only be in four years. He'll only be thirty-eight. Jordan played till he was forty-one. Jordan have got many many miles of as many miles on his legs as LeBron does. He took True. two years off baseball. <laughs> and he sucked at that. Boy, who did he suck? But nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> but it's very it's very rare where you have a father son combo in basketball. So I think that's his. I think that's the last thing he wants to do. Cement his legacy is to play with his son for at least one year, and they call it quits. Like I said, it's 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 hella possible if his son doesn't well. <laughs> if Adam Silver and NBA and NCAA have his way, that ain't going to happen because if they're going to put in that restriction for two years, then he'd be waiting a while before he plays with his son. Oh no! I heard that Silver is going to. Uh... Cut it. Come out of high school. I'll be shocked. <laughs> I'll be shocked. I think oh. that's what he's going to do. <laughs> I, I think that's something that we could just we could save that for another time, <laughs> another day. Um, at this point, because that's a, yeah, that's a whole other conversation, and that's, that's counterproductive to what college basketball wants. <laughs> I agree. That is true. I agree. I agree. So. All right, fellas. So that was a good conversation. So as always, we want to we want to thank everyone for subscribing to the podcast, listening listening to us. Any comments or feedback, definitely hit us up on Twitter um, or Instagram. Um, so at this time, fellas, let us know where they can find you. At. You can find me on Twitter, catdaddy one nine six three. That's uh, catdaddy one nine six three on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Again, Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Real quick, I want to give a special shout out and happy birthday to my dad, who turned seventy today. So, happy birthday to you, Dad, Mr. Qualls. What up? Being Much seven respect. Old. <laughs> you can find me on uh, <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Je Ross, the number seven. And as always, peace, love, and so and shout out to the, the Mets. My goodness, twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you had poor, you had poor man Jose Jose Reyes out there talking so Man. <laughs>
Now he was getting it down the lane, right into the. <laughs> I, I I gotta respect him. Couple of pictures with little. <laughs> I, I I gotta give him credit where credit is due, man. He he took an L, but you know at least they gave him the opportunity to try. So. Man, the funniest meme is that Bugs Bunny meme when the dude has the ball. He's like, do, 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 smack. Yo, it's probably one of the, yo, when I first saw that, I bust out line. I, I cried. I, I literally cried. And I was like, yo, that gotta be the best reaction for that. I mean, that was just so on. Oh, man. Gotta, gotta give credit where credit's due. Bugs Bunny, Mel Blank, what up? <laughs> 1942, <laughs> still relevant to 2018. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, man. All right, fellas, All right. signing off. God bless.